Hello, this is Ernie Johnson, the founder of Anashira, the man who milks goats and makes fine soap. It's a beautiful afternoon here in western North Carolina, sunny, cooler. My dog Sammy is sleeping next to me on her bed. So let's not waste any more time. I'm going to tell you how we go across the U.S. to Miami, then to Bogota, then back up through Central America and home. So two episodes ago, you'll remember, Chuck, Carl, John, and I were standing in West Covina, California. We're waiting to drive two extremely tall airport catering trucks to Miami, Florida. Now, my pals weren't too comfortable with this scenario, but we had no other choice. We had to get to Miami and get down to Bogota, Colombia, since I was to get married in less than two weeks. We'd found Bob, who'd taken us on to drive his trucks with him to Miami. So Bob shows us how to shift the gears, how to start the trucks, shows us a route we're taking. It's going to be a total of about 2,800 miles. And off we go. We always stay together. Bob says we'll drive four hours, then stop, switch drivers, and head off again. Now, the ones who weren't driving would sit in the back of the second truck. The rear door was open. We've got some old moving blankets. We try to sleep or talk or to read. We were taking the southern route, Route 66, much of the way. It was hot and it was loud in the back of that truck. So we'll stop, grab some junk food, some coffee, some water, some snacks. We fill the trucks with gas. We switch drivers, everybody's in, and we head off again. So this was exciting, yeah, for about the first 30 minutes. So Carl gets sick somewhere in Texas. He has a flu, uh, something. He's got the chills, and he's got a fever, and he's sleeping in a corner of this back truck, and he's covered in a blanket. And we stop to gas up, and we decide to let Carl sleep. He's been miserable. So we all get out. We'll get him some food and some drinks. We relieve ourselves. We fill the trucks with gas, switch drivers, and head off again. So about 20 minutes later, I go to check up on Carl. I look under the blanket. No Carl. Oh man, I yell at Chuck. We left the dude. Of course, in those days, we had no cell phones. We didn't have any walkie-talkies. And I start banging on the wall in front of the cab. So finally, John, who's driving, hears me. He pulls over, blinking his high beams at the truck in front of us. Now, we had all stopped and got out. And Carl wakes up and he needs to go. He jumps out and runs to the bathroom. Now, he's wearing only his skivvies. He's been hot. So he finishes his business, heads out of the bathroom, no trucks, nobody. He has no money, no wallet, no pants. Panic sets in. He runs over to hide in some bushes. He told us later, man, I thought I was dead. 
If you didn't know I was missing, you'd be four hours down the road, and it would be at least four more hours until you came back to get me. These rednecks would have... I'd be dead. So, we notice he's gone. We turn around. One truck waits there at the exit while the other one heads back to see if we can find Carl. So we get back to the gas station. We pull in. No Carl. Then out of some bushes out in the back comes a ghost-like figure. Big beard, long hair, nearly naked, wide, wide eyes. It's Carl. So Bob turns out to be a good guy. He buys us all our food. He buys drinks, Cokes and water. Those are the drinks. We drive. We sleep, sort of. And we drive some more. It takes over four days. These trucks are built to go slow around planes at an airport. They're not made for highway speeds. So we finally get to the Miami airport. We're in one of the bathrooms there, bathing at the sinks. Using the soap there, got our hair. We look like a bunch of weirdos. We're trying to get presentable before we get down there. So we find Aido Condor, check in, get on the plane. I'm sitting next to Chuck. We're getting ready to take off. We taxi out. It's a clunker of an airplane, but we don't care. For the first time in weeks, I see Chuck relax, and he smiles. The stress is almost visibly floating away from him. He grins. Damn, Ernie, I can't believe you did it. No, man, we did it. We did it. My friends and I did it. So we get to Bogota. It was a blur for me of social events, cocktail parties, dinners, meetings with the priest who's going to marry us, meetings at the American embassy. The ceremony was to be held in a small Catholic church conducted by a Catholic priest. Now, I did not convert to Catholicism. I remained an inactive ex-Methodist the whole time. So this period passes in a haze. I remember before the wedding, Don Arturo said he had a special gift for Maria and me. He had a friend who had a BMW dealership in Panama. Now, Don Arturo had done this man, Mueller, some big favors. So he gave him a good deal on this car. And Don Arturo, well, he'd bought us a brand new BMW that we would pick up in Panama City. He said, Ernesto, you can drive up the Pan American Highway to California. It will be an extension of your honeymoon. Wow, great present. Thank you so much, doctor. So I went and found an atlas. I checked on the route and the distance from Panama City to Davis, California, which is just outside Sacramento, 4,400 miles. Hmm, now this is going to be a challenge, I thought to myself. I thought we'd just fly through Miami home, maybe stay overnight, fly on out to California, have a little time to get ready for school. But now, now I had to pay for gas for 4,400 miles. And if we drove, if I drove 400 miles a day, and that would be outrageous on this so-called highway, it'd be 10 days. 10 days of hotels and meals. I hadn't built a budget around that. 
So the ceremony was okay. The reception was outlandish. Everyone had a fine time. My family, after visiting much of Colombia, heads home. And my friend Chuck, he flew off to Spain, where he's going to study Spanish. And Carl and John, they head back to California. So Maria and I get set to fly down to Panama City. Adios, adios, que vaya con Dios, travel with God, adios, gringo, adios, gringo. And we get to Panama. We go to Don Arturo's friend's dealership, and we pick up the car. It's beautiful. Maroon, four-speed, 2002 BMW, much better than I'd ever driven. So Maria had asked me before we left, so how are we on money? Can we make it to California? Uh, she knew I was not Daddy Warbucks. I said, well, we can do it. It won't be luxurious. It won't be near that. Now, this Pan-American highway business, it's a network of roads. It goes from Prudhoe Bay, way above Fairbanks in Alaska, down to the southernmost tip of Argentina. It's 19,000 miles total length. Now, you can't drive the whole way because there's a stretch of undrivable rainforest. It's about 100 miles wide, and it's between Panama City and northern Colombia. It's called the Darien Gap. Now, when you think of the term Pan-American Highway, don't think of the definition of highway expressway because it was definitely not that. Think a main road, especially one connecting major roads or cities. And when you hear main road, think in Central American terms. So, we headed north. Our first adventure was stopping to eat Chinese food at an outdoor cafe in David, Panama. And I've told you several times how much I like food. So we're sitting at a table. And the food arrives. Maria looks at me. I look back and say, you know, Maria, maybe we better not have any more Chinese food until we get to California. So we drive, we hit the border of Costa Rica, and we're on a winding mountain road, narrow, going up, and we find out we're sharing it with logging trucks coming down toward us, flying. So it was already going to be tough, and we drive on the coast alongside the Pacific Ocean, and Costa Rica has some of the most beautiful beaches I'd ever seen. The surfing can be outstanding, too. Places like Playa Tamarindo and Playa Langosta. Back in those days, very little tourism in Costa Rica. There weren't a lot of gringos around there. We drive to the capital, San Jose. Oh my, brick buildings, a beautiful city. I learned that Costa Rica had almost a 100% literacy rate. They had no standing army. And the people were wonderful. Man, I could have stayed right there. So we continue. And then we hit Nicaragua. My main memory there was we're departing Managua, the capital. We're on a four-lane road heading north. And some pickup goes past us. Two big guys. They just got their hands out the window. They're waving pistols at us. 
Their truck almost hits us. Okay, I was young. I slam the accelerator down and I pass him back. I'm flipping the bird out of the window as we go by. Ernie, they're going to kill us. Nah, they're just showing off. I look in the mirror. They're pointing two pistols at us. And I see puffs of smoke. I swear I can hear bullets whizzing by. And my heart is in my throat. I hit the pedal to the metal and we flying down that road about a hundred miles an hour. I don't know how they missed us. I slow down sometime later. Ernie, Maria starts. I know, I know. I screwed up. You don't have to say anything. Yeah, not too, uh, not too many good memories in Nicaragua. So we drive out of there through part of Honduras, Honduras, and we make it through El Salvador. We go through a little town called Las Chinamas, about two miles from the border of Guatemala. And we stop before there for a coffee at a tienda. We see a bus, big tourist bus. It's headed south. It had just crossed into El Salvador from Guatemala. We see some young kids get off. They're Caucasian. One guy's carrying a guitar case. Look like Americans. One thing, none of them has long hair, except for the girls. Well, none of them has any hair. And their bald scalps are not tanned. I turn over to a couple of them speaking English at the table next to ours. Hey, man, what's cooking? I ask. The guy looks at me at my long hair. You heading north? That's right. Well, you better say goodbye to your long blonde hair. Why's that? These Guatemalan border guards are crazy. They hate hippies. They pulled each of us off the bus. And they weren't kidding. They had their hands on their pistols. And they gave us buzz cuts one by one. I tell you, you're dead meat. I tell you, I didn't want to lose my hair. And I certainly didn't want to lose my head. Now Maria looks at me and says, Don't worry. Trust me. Okay, I'm trusting her. But I'm still really worried about this. So we drive down to the Salvadoran border post, present our passports, cars registration. They stamp the passports and wave us on. Now we get to the Guatemalan post. Maria says, Ernie, let me talk. Just smile, big smile. Use your mucho gusto now and then. So the police wave us out of the car. Before they can say anything, Maria says, Buenos dias, señores. Me llamo Maria de la Paz. Ustedes conocen por seguro en la televisión americana el programa Bonanza? Claro que sí, señora. Entonces, ¿conocen el nuevo actor? Este año, Ernie Johnson. Empezó este año. Es el primo de los hermanos Cartwright. Now, Bonanza was just ending its 14-year run, and it's dubbed in Spanish. It was shown in almost every Latin American country. Very popular. And she had said, You men know the American TV show Bonanza? Of course we do, ma'am. Then you know the new actor in the series, Ernie Johnson? He started this season playing the cousin of the Cartwright brothers. They looked at each other. No, no lo conocemos, señora. No, we don't know him. Claro, 
No han llegado aquí los episodios de este año. Of course, this year's episodes haven't made it down here yet. Oh, you'll know him as soon as you see him. So I'm standing there, a big grin on my face. I can pretty much guess what she's told them. I go up to the nearest one, stick out my hand. Mucho gusto, Ernie Johnson, bonanza. He sticks out his hand, shakes mine. I continue around. Ernie Johnson, mucho gusto, mucho gusto. They've bought it. I'm Mr. Bonanza. They'll all watch for me next season. So by the time we leave, I'm signing autographs for them. Beard, mustache, granny glasses and all. Pose for photos, arms around each other, and we drive off. Now we hold it for a few minutes, and then I started hooting and hollering. I can't believe you pulled that off. I say, brilliant, brilliant, Maria. I drive like hell across Guatemala. I wanted out. I couldn't wait to get to Mexico. Now, once we got into Mexico, you'd think we'd be pretty close to the good old U.S. of A., right? Mm-mm. We still had 2,500 miles to go. And getting through Mexico was easier. The people in Mexico are wonderful. This was before the craziness and the violence of the drug days and the cartels. Yeah, you had to be careful, but you didn't worry constantly about getting shot. My fondest memories of Mexico are the foods I ate, of course. The roadside restaurants, taquerias, tortillerias. I ate with gusto every meal. And I drive long hours every day. Maria didn't drive. She didn't even have a license. So we finally make it back to the U.S. border. And it's still a long way to go to get to UC Davis. We stopped in Fresno. I needed to pick up a few things from my parents' house. And I was just about flat broke. Well, I was flat broke. As much as I hated it, I needed to borrow some money from my dad. Now, don't get me wrong. I loved my dad, and I know he loved me. But he had a thing about his son and money, especially now that his son was of age and married. So I had to be delicate. I knew he was up at six o'clock every morning, making breakfast, and then he headed off to work. So I got up at six the next morning, sat down with him, ate breakfast. I said, Dad, I have something to ask you. Oh, he knew what it was. He said, I'll be right back. Next thing I know, I hear his car in the garage. He started it, and he's out of that garage and on the road before I can get out there. Man, okay. I have one more night here. I'm getting desperate. We sit down the next morning and have breakfast. I sneak out to the garage and I lay down under the front wheel of his car. I hear him calling my name. I don't say anything. He comes out and sees me on the ground. Are you crazy? Hey, Paul, I just need your help. Lend me 50 bucks, please. I start work on Monday in Davis. Just till then. No, I won't do it. Okay. Paul, you have three options. You can drive over me and kill me. Or you let me live and I won't go to graduate school. I'll just move in here with Maria and we'll stay here forever. 
or lend me the money. He stares at me, shaking his head. You're crazy. Will you take a check? Oh, man, yeah, oh, man. So we made it successfully down to Bogota for the wedding. I got married. Then we made it up on the Pan American Highway, 4,400 miles, no bullet holes in the car, and none in us. And I got my dad to help me get up to UC Davis for a great two years. But that's another story. I want to thank Anashira for supporting these stories, and I want to thank you for buying our soaps. This week, I'd like you to think about Paris Nights. The weather seems to be cooling down now a little in these mountains. You can think about walking down the Seine River in Paris, in the Latin Quarter. You look across a river, and there it is, the Cathedral of Notre Dame. Use your imagination in your shower. Close your eyes, and that's what you may see. Breathe in deeply, and you'll smell it too. Well, use a discount code, STORIES15, one five for your 15% discount when you buy soap. Oh, I almost forgot your questions. I have several from Brian. And let me guess this pronunciation from Tosa in Wisconsin. Brian writes, Well, I have been binge Ernesto listening. Question number one. I had never heard stories about the jojoba. Were you planning to go commercial on the area where they tried the figs? Brian, jojobas would have done great in that soil where Fortner had planted the figs. You remember those gorgeous bushes at John Fortner's. But by the time I got started, that land was being snapped up by developers and was much too expensive. His next question, did you go to school for horticulture? No, Brian, I studied German literature and philology. Not much help in growing jojobas, but I read a lot and I talked to a lot of smart people and I paid attention to them. Brian's got a couple more excellent questions, but I'm going to have to get to those next week as we're out of time. Please send me your questions. I'll get to them. We finished this saga of my first trips to Colombia. Tune in next week for a new episode of Stories from Anashira.